Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with Bid Food podcast. I'm Janglis and I'm excited to say that for this episode, we're once again talking about the food and drinks trends for this year. Usually at Bid Food, we launch our trends for the year annually before Christmas. But since the trends landscape is evolving at such a pace in a year like no other, our insights team have decided to launch an update. In this update, we've decided to deep dive even further into the three of the most evolving trends, which are careful consumption, wellness my way, and global cuisines. For this episode, we'll be focusing on careful consumption. This is one of the most relevant trends to consumers and is still as important to many as it was pre-pandemic. In our society, people are feeling that the clock is still ticking on global warming, yet focus and progress on the environment has taken something of a backward step during the pandemic. To co-host this episode with me, I'm excited to say that Catherine Hinchcliffe, who is our Head of Corporate Marketing and Insights, is joining me. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Joe. So, Catherine, who are we interviewing today and what are their credentials on the subject? Well, Joe, we are delighted to be interviewing Wendy Bartlett from Bartlett Mitchell, who's very much of a leading light in the sustainability arena. In fact, Bartlett Mitchell have been focused on sustainability for many years and have built up quite an amazing track record. For example, they were the first contract caterer to achieve certification by the Planet Mark and the first to achieve three-star champion status with the SRA, that's the Sustainable Restaurant Association. It's a sort of Michelin star status in the sustainability world. For their progress, they've been named as the most sustainable contract caterer by Raymond Blanc OBE three times in a row. And we're also really pleased to be speaking to Catherine Ekundayo, category manager from Bidfood, who's been instrumental in the recent Bee Kitchen launch and in a great deal of the innovation in this area that Bidfood has brought to market. That sounds great, Catherine. So let's get things started. Wendy, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. No problem at all. And Catherine, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you for having me, Joe. So, Wendy, I'll start with you. So you join us with a huge amount of experience on the topic we're discussing today. Uh, and I also believe you're the first person we've had on the podcast that has an MBE, which is very exciting too. But for anyone else who might not know a huge amount about you, can you give us, uh, well, can you give the audience a bit of an overview about you and your experience in the industry? Bartlett Mitchell was started 20 years ago with uh, myself and my business partner Ian Mitchell. Uh, we started in contract catering and really it was because we wanted the people who worked for us to have a really good time. We had no financial ambitions in terms of growth. It was all about our team and making sure that they enjoyed working for us. And we were quite successful um, in terms of being a boutique caterer and successful most importantly for us about being Bartlett Mitchell family that was our measurement of success that people enjoyed working for us and uh, during those 20 years we grew a business to about 60 million we had about 1200 people working for us pre-pandemic as uh, the new statement goes and um, it was a you know, it was a successful business. What I love the most about it, Ian and I, was that it was driven by our team rather than us. So all the green initiatives we've done, although I will speak of them, I have to say they weren't completed by me. It was all the passion of the Bartlett Mitchell family that drove that from the front line. 
with the pandemic, we um, sold to WSH, which is a very large corporate organization, of course, but they've uh, allowed us to keep as Bartlett Mitchell individually. So that allows us to have our own values and our own drive and our own destiny. Thank you, Wendy. That's great. And then for our second guest, Catherine Ekendeo, can you let our audience know a little bit about what you do in your role at Bidfood? Hi, so I'm one of the category managers at Bidfood and I also project manage our V-Kitchen brand, which is an umbrella brand for our on-trend vegan products, making it easier for our salespeople and customers to shop and sell vegan. That's great. Thank you, Catherine. So before we go straight to the questions, Catherine Hinchcliffe, please, can you sort of give us a background into what this trend careful consumption is and some of what the insight is suggesting? Of course, Joe. Um, I guess you'd say that careful consumption is all about our consumers wanting to protect the world around them. People want to choose dishes, products and brands and change their behaviour to make a difference in terms of their own social and environmental impact and, of course, to support local businesses. As this trend is gaining in momentum, we conducted our own survey in April and found that about 49% of UK consumers care more about where their food is coming from um, and whether or not it's ethically sourced or impacts the environment than they did before the pandemic began. So they're just concerned really about making the right choices, whether that's plant-based alternatives, reducing food waste, reducing carbon, ethical brands, transparency, traceability. And so those are the areas really that are fueling this and gaining the most focus. So Wendy, how are you expecting this to translate onto choices of dishes and products across the clients and consumers that you serve? I think as a society, we've certainly become more conscious of our impact through food choices, albeit the last year has been challenging from a caterer's perspective. Customers expect a wide variety, but we need to be really smart about how we do it. So they expect a wide variety, but we need to make sure we make the right choices and not get too confusing in the choices we make. But when we have a dish that we can then do a smart choice from it. So we might say that we might have a vegetarian main dish, but it may come in a wrap, it may come with rice, it may come with a salad. I think it's not about having a big choice of lots of offers, but it's about having the right choice and a choice that the customers can then flex within that. So I think that's where the... um, Uh, how it translates in terms of the choice of dishes that we will have and how that vegetarian healthy choice the more ethical choice all of that we have to translate into something a lot more simple and Wendy how easy is it in practice for businesses and consumers to consider the environmental impact of menu choices or products and ingredients is there lots of challenges Uh, There's lots of challenges because in some ways, if consumer knew how many choices, what the detail or the effort that goes into it, they're probably not interested in that. They expect us as caterers to deliver that. So what we have to do is make those choices for them, if you like, via effective systems. So Bidfood have to be able to give us data in terms of its provenance and uh, ethically sourced, all that sort of information. And uh, we have to have a system that I'm able to check that. You have to have a system to tell us that's the right information. Um, And having those suppliers that can deliver that information is really key. But I think we don't need to overwhelm the consumer with that information because at that point they're a bit like well that's too much that's definitely too confusing I just need to know that that supplier 
that caterer are there and will ethically deliver me my product. So I think you've got to balance it with being too overwhelming, uh, but keeping them engaged with the fact, yeah, you're a great caterer. We know you're going to deliver. I have trust in you. So it builds trust. You have to have trust in your supplier. The consumer has to have trust in us. And Wendy, what experience have you had trying to make progress on this area? Are there any initiatives that you put in place you can share with us? So having a stronger relationship with our suppliers is key and collaborating with them to put all the sustainable detail through our e-system and having a good e-system, uh, e-procurement is the most important thing. So you need to be able to say that code for that flower comes from that place and this is all the data that comes through and that will include allergen and uh, calorific details going forward. Uh, so that's the most important thing is making sure that you've got a great e-system and suppliers that can provide that detail because it's very difficult to be able to do things manually uh, and having that e-system is probably going to, going to be critical for those that are in the bigger catering um, arena, contract caterers, high street caterers, the small restaurants and delis, let's hope they don't have to get pulled down by all this. But if we can make it easy, and that will only happen through a very efficient e-system that is joined to nutrition uh, and to the sourcing data, then uh, that will make it easy for us to be able to deliver. And Catherine Ekendeo, from your category perspective, are there any hero ingredients like nut spreads, milks and chickpeas that you're seeing taking off? Well, Joe, I find that hero ingredients are those that are suitable as a simple swap. Customers want recognisable and delicious products. This is why our range of vegan burgers and sausages has really taken off. Customers feel comfortable with these products and understand the applications. Burgers that can be dressed up or down with different builds and sides and sausages that can be part of the breakfast buffet or in a warming casserole or pasta bake are doing very well. Nut milks have also really taken off and this goes hand in hand with the boom in coffee shops. Grab and Go was already experiencing a rise in popularity and this has been bolstered even further by lockdown. Again, it's a simple swap that feels very non-committal, so it's easy to undertake. An area that's also really booming at the moment is actually vegan cheese. I think cheese is one of those products that's very emotive. It's also the reason a lot of customers don't want to take the leap into vegan. It's a pivotal product with so many formats and applications, from cheddar slices, grilled halloumi, to creamy spreads. There's been a lot of development in this area, and I think we're finally in a position where the cheese is really mimicking the cheese styles we all know and love. Have either of you seen any examples of best practice in the market, um, either with caterers or hospitality operators, or even suppliers or organisations, for example, on carbon labelling or other initiatives? Well, we uh, recently, or well, actually not so recently, it's three years now, moved over to the Planet Mark uh, from uh, looking at the Sustainable Restaurant Association, uh, mainly because we saw words like carbon footprint calculations regularly referred to. Um, so that's where we're making a new if you like, direction of what we're looking at. So that's probably the newest initiative is where Planet Mark is really more about the CO2 admission. And actually I was interested to see 
that they were saying that uh, the University of California claimed that 20 servings of vegetables have fewer emissions than just one serving of beef. So I think in a lot of ways that people are looking at those facts and thinking, actually, how can I also make my difference by doing that? And probably the more simple the products, the more simple the ideas, the more simple the information, that is probably what engages more people. Uh, and you can see that through the work that uh, suppliers or high streets are doing where they're really putting simple facts to consumers and making it easy for them to understand and making it easy for them to deliver a great results. So um, I think that's the initiatives that I've seen. And Catherine? I definitely agree with Wendy. We're being asked a lot more in terms of our green credentials and what the green credentials are of a lot of our products by more of our contract caterers especially. That's great. Thank you all. Next up, we'll be talking about the movement towards plant-based ingredients. Welcome back. So now on to plant-based diets. This is a trend which seems to be something which has really accelerated over the pandemic. So how big or mainstream do you think this has become now? Catherine, Ekandeo, I'll start with you. I think lockdown has really given people time to reflect and reconnect with the world around them. This, along with recent documentaries and, of course, the Greta effect, has really pushed the plant-based movement to the forefront. There seems to be more of an understanding that to be flexitarian is okay and reducing your meat intake is a good start. I also think that it's more accessible than it used to be. We can't forget that with the best will in the world, if the products aren't there or they're too expensive, it's very difficult to make the change. A few years ago, I was doing some research in this area with some colleagues and we all tried to eat vegan for a week. It was a lot of beans on dry toast and watery porridge or fruit. It's definitely much more varied now and much more exciting. Some outlets have whole full-time menus dedicated to plant-based. Gone are the days of the stuffed pepper or the wild mushroom risotto or just a fruit salad. Simple swaps are a really good gateway into eating more plant-based meals. More customers are also coming to us as a business wanting to offer more plant-based meals in their menu rotation. And this in turn is making it even more mainstream. That's great, thank you. And Wendy, what do you think? Within our world, it's become very mainstream and it's expected that there's a plant-based days on uh, our menus. And one of the things we've been doing is putting the plant-based items very much more on the forefront of the menu. So it may be the first choice and it may be on the first counter. Uh, I think for us, it's people saying, well, I'm going to have plant-based during the lunch service and maybe I have for breakfast, but then in the evening I might have my meat. So where every, you know, your lunch and your uh, supper may have been meat-based, it's more people are thinking about it. And I'm not sure they're thinking about it as, oh, I'm going to be vegetarian. I just think they're thinking this is more mainstream now. And actually, doesn't that look a fantastic dish? And I'm going to eat it. What we never do is the uh, is push the fact that it's vegetarian or plant based. We push the fact that it's a jolly nice dish to eat. And how fabulous does it look? And people want to eat it because of that reason, not because it's vegetarian. Wendy, can I ask, though, if there's been any exciting innovation that you've seen from suppliers, for example? I'm not sure it's innovation from the caterers. I think we're maybe just matching the fact that our customers have become more innovative in their eating, i.e. they probably eat halloumi now, whereas they maybe may 
not thought of eating that uh, with a salad, or maybe they're eating vegetarian and vegetables that they hadn't thought about, okra, for example, in a curry. So I think it's more that the customers are getting more used to the innovation within a vegetarian menu, which allows us to do more. And I think that's probably a bit more exciting that they've got more open minds to it. Catherine E, you're in very close contact with manufacturers. Has there been any innovation coming through from suppliers there that excites you? Absolutely. I'm really enjoying seeing the next generation of plant-based where things like KFC-style popcorn chicken is nearly impossible to tell from the real thing. Plant-based fish and seafood has been a gap for a long time. So seeing salt and pepper squid or calamari rings, these kind of restaurant staples uh, in a vegan format is really exciting. I recently saw some melt-in-the-middle fish cakes in development and was blown away, as well as some mock lamb that tasted just like the real thing. I'm excited to have meals and be pleasantly surprised that they're vegan rather than that be a disclaimer. I definitely think plant-based food, in fact, all food, in general should be enjoyed and definitely not just endured. It's really amazing how good the quality of vegan food, for example, is getting at the moment, isn't it? And um, I guess, Wendy, do you have any tips for operators looking to extend their choices in this area? I think the main thing is don't overcomplicate it. Keep it quite simple. I think don't fuss about the fact it's vegetarian food or plant-based or, you know, it's got good eco credentials. Just make sure it's fantastic food that the customer wants to eat and it's delicious and tasty. That's what you've got to focus on because that's what makes people eat it in the end. It's not going to be the credentials. It's the fact that it tastes jolly good. They haven't even noticed that it's a healthy eco non-meat dish. That's excellent advice. Thank you all. Next up, we'll be talking about food waste. So food waste has been something our industry has been improving for some time now, but it's really climbing the agenda now for both operators and consumers, isn't it, Catherine? Yes, it is. Since RAP managed to measure the incredible size of the food that's wasted in the UK in terms of its landmass. Um, but reducing food waste and measuring progress can be a real challenge operationally if people are in the habit of using the wrong bins or, of course, we're all reliant on waste partners to weigh food waste separately to general waste and report on it. Um, Wendy, can you share your own experience and any success you've managed to achieve across your sites and clients? So Bartley Mitchell, our mantra is that what gets measured gets done. So in order for your team to be engaged, they have to know where they started and where the journey is going and where the desired end is. So for us, we always measure our wastage and engage the frontline team. It's very difficult for you to say, team, you're going to do X, Y, Z, because they'll all nod nicely and then go off and do whatever they like. However, if you measure it, then you know they're doing it. And the most important thing is you engage their hearts and why they're doing it and why it's so important. So we have something called Wasted, which is a system uh, or a, you know, a course on how to use wasted items, you know, the ends of vegetables, uh, cores of cauliflowers, uh, meat trimmings, um, anything to do with waste, really. And uh, not, you know, 
plate waste, which comes back obviously from the kitchen, but other waste. And so we have a whole wasted uh, training session and that's what we teach them to do so that they have the tools and the ability to deliver with their hearts, if you like, that they've been able to not waste anything in their kitchen. And then they can prove that to us because of course we measure it. Uh, I can't tell you what those wasted tips are because I'm not personally a very good chef. So I don't do them all the time, but I can make sure there's a link of some tips to the podcast if that would help. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Wendy. And we'll put that in the show notes for you to, to share that out for you. Next up, we'll be discussing the issues with food packaging and what consumers want in your offer. Consumers are more aware of food packaging than ever before. TV programs like Planet Earth have really driven that awareness, but there are still some difficulties in channeling packaging into the right waste streams. So, Wendy, do you see a divergence between what consumers perceive to be sustainable packaging and what's in reality? There's a massive divergence. If you look at sustainability, then people will think it's sustainable. But what they don't understand is that what goes out the back door is only sustainable if it's gone into the right uh, stream. So we have constant issues with regard to that. So if you look at plastic bottles for water, for example, the ones we have from you have the minimum amount of plastic that's probably more effective than glass if it doesn't get recycled correctly and the co2 uh, used for producing glass will obviously be greater than that for packaging of uh, in some other ways so i think it it is misinformation on a lot of uh, counts if you look at uh, the pandemic that's called big issues because we've had to go back to disposables uh, and now we were doing very nicely in getting them off the disposables now we're going to have to start all that work again uh, so you've now got the um, issue with uh, covid transmission and people's perception of that to do with china and the safety that they perceive from disposables so it's a very confusing issue and i think that the problem is people have a little bit of information and not the whole picture and that's the difference you have to have the whole picture in order to have an efficient um, answer as to what is the best product to have yeah that's very true and Catherine Ekundeo what do you think of that from a category perspective I definitely agree. There's a big war on plastic, but it's understanding that some of the products, whilst they can be recycled, they might not be suitable for curbside recycling. They might need to be dropped off at certain locations or need industrial composting. So it's all about understanding the different materials as well as the infrastructure available to deal with these materials. I think we're seeing a big shift as sort of more of our customers are asking questions about how recyclable packaging is, uh, what the packaging components are, how compostable it is. Um, and for this reason, we've recently brought out a guide on sustainability just to give customers a better understanding of the different materials available and their life cycle. There's a definite perception that brown craft packaging is much better for the environment. Uh, but we've also seen an uplift in things like the gas and PLA. So these things that are seen as bioplastics um, and are made from sugarcane der derivatives. So they're much better for the environment. Wendy, what's the approach that Bartlett Mitchell are taking when it comes to sourcing the right packaging? Well, we work closely with our suppliers, as I would suggest everyone does. The suppliers are the first line, really, 
of uh, what you're going to deliver. So it's very important to have a really good relationship with them. And we review not just from the grower to plate, but also that whole journey, which is from uh, pre-packet, you know, pre-delivery to what happens to it at the end of consumption. Our purchasing looks at the whole picture pricing to make sure it's a fair price for an ingredient, where it came from, who picked it, storage, travel, and packaging within that journey as well. So having your relationship with your supply to have that honest conversation and that information is probably the most important part of what you do. And Wendy, since it is such a challenging, confusing and changing landscape, do you have any advice for operators who are looking to make more sustainable choices with um, packaging? Well, we decided at BM that we wouldn't try to do everything. Because you, if you try to do everything, you end up doing nothing. And no one takes accountability. No one measures it. And it just will end up, you know, you'll be saying it as a PR stunt and not doing anything. So what we decided to do was to do less and just to focus on what we wanted to do and how we were going to do it and then just plod away at that those few things and get all our team engaged in it rather than trying to do everything so that would be my advice do less better and Catherine um from your category perspective again has there been anything you've seen from suppliers that that you work with that really stands out to you on packaging We've definitely got some suppliers who are looking into switching from PET to RPET, which is recycled PET. Um, and it's one of the few materials that can be recycled and still brought up to food grade standards. So that is definitely something that's going to be really helpful. Um, there's also talk in the sachet world of plant-based lining instead of laminate, but this is still at the development stage. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of these projects. Obviously, not everything has to be a huge reinvention of the wheel. Uh, we're talking to some suppliers who are also looking into something as simple as just removing an extra plastic bag on the inside of a cardboard box. And that in itself will just have a huge impact and drastically reduce uh, the plastic usage for that product. That's great. You've all provided loads of ideas and advice there. So thank you. So as we come to an end now, I have one final question. Um, Wendy, do you have any examples of good practice that you've seen around reducing carbon emissions? Yes, I would suggest that it's about team buy-in and you can't expect to make changes if you don't have the whole team behind you. So when you start talking about carbon emission, then try to make it interesting for your team so that they're buying into why it's a good decision and how you can make a difference and that way you can take them on the journey which makes your life a lot easier that's perfect thank you so much so i guess that summarized most things associated to the trend of careful consumption before i wrap things up i just want to say a massive thank you wendy for joining us no problem let's enjoy thank you and Catherine ekande it's been great to have you back on the podcast too so thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me, Joe. Great to be here. And finally, a massive thank you to my co-host for this episode, Catherine Hinchcliffe. Thanks, Joe. It's been a pleasure and a really vibrant and fascinating discussion. It's a tricky subject, as Wendy says, um, and you do need the whole picture, which is why sharing information and best practice is so important. Absolutely. So that's everything from this episode and the three episodes on the Trends Update. If you haven't heard any of the other episodes, make sure you check those out. In those episodes, we were talking about 
Wellness My Way and Global Cuisines with some really great experts in the industry. If you're looking for more info on what we've discussed today, you'll be able to find our 2021 trends page on our website, bidfood.co.uk. Or alternatively, we also have another episode from earlier in the year on careful consumption, which is definitely worth a listen. Until next time, goodbye.